Welcome to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. Um, this is our third episode. We'd just like to thank all our listeners, and we'd like to thank our sponsor, UCS Spirit, uh, the greatest pole out there. Um, they're fiberglass poles. I've talked about it on other podcasts. They're the most consistent pole. When you go up five pounds, you know it's five pounds. Those poles fit in all the time. Um, can't say enough good things about the UCS Spirit brand, the UCS Spirit pole. And again, also happy to always announce and say that Apex Vaulting will be providing poles at our facility. We're going to have a stock of poles. We'll also have crossbars. Um, and we can also help out anytime you need to order anything UCS Spirit related. Um, but we're going to have a stock of poles and crossbars at the club. So whenever you need a pole, all you need to do is drive down to the club and you can pick up a pole. Um, obviously, like, you know, let us know anything that you need, um, just to make sure that it's in stock. But UCS Spirit Poles will be available at Apex Vaulting, and we're so happy to have UCS Spirit as our sponsor. Um, can't say enough good things. Um, make sure to check us out on Facebook. You can like us on Facebook. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at The Real Apex Vaulting. And we also have a Twitter and the podcast thanks again okay uh so we're here with andrew flores um i started coaching him a little bit in high school tail end and really started coaching him in college uh he's a good friend of mine he continues to jump post collegiate um started out jumping 11 uh before he met me and then got all the way to 14 3 um Wanted to have him on, talk about what it's like to jump. I know a lot of us always talk about elites and professionals jumping. And I just want everybody to understand, we want to cover all our bases. Like, there's a lot of people out there that are enjoying the sport of pole vault that maybe are not professional, maybe not going to the Olympics. But that doesn't mean that it has it doesn't have a huge impact on their life and helps them out. So, Andrew, maybe, maybe you can start out telling us about your experience through pole vault and how you got started and, and how it has had a positive impact on your life. Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, originally I went to Hudson Catholic High School in Jersey City where we don't even really have a, have a track team, or we didn't at the time. So that was totally out of the question for me, but um, I actually transferred to Eastern Christian my sophomore year. and uh, to Funny side note, <laughs> Eastern Christian, was the school record holder one of the Jonas oh, Brothers? Oh, God, yeah. I don't know if it was a Nick. <laughs> At the time? I, I don't know which one, but it was 100% one of the Jonas Brothers was uh, was the school record holder, yeah, which, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll bring that back. We're going to fact check on, yeah. on that one. What's, yeah. it, what's the school called again? Eastern, uh, Eastern Christian. Christian High School. You got it. Yeah. It's in Passaic County. <laughs> well, at the time, I had transferred over as a sophomore, and a um, good friend of mine, Stefano Cosini, he had actually introduced the sport to me. He had done it over at uh, Hawthorne High School, and he thought I'd be good for it, a good fit. Okay. At the time, I was um, playing skateboard. <laughs> I'd been playing skateboard for a couple of years, so um, never really thought about any sort of sport. I mean, didn't really see how that could apply, or uh, at least in my life, or how I could be good at that. But he okay. was like, hey, you're a skinny guy. You're pretty fast. Why don't you give it a shot? And I did. And I realized I was so awful at it <laughs> that it just kind of set me on fire. And I was like, I should be good at this. Why? Why is now, it wait, wait, Now, why? Like, it's so funny that you say that. It's such an interesting viewpoint. You're like, you were so bad at it, but yet 
that made you want to do it more. Why? Well, absolutely, right? Because I knew I was fast and I felt fast. And I was thinking, I, I can do this. I'm, I'm strong, strong enough to do this at least. So I thought, right? Yeah. And after a couple months of training, um, didn't really have a coach at the time. I know that you know, knew TC and he would come right. and help out. But he had his family. He was mostly a soccer coach. So um, definitely was there to, to help out. Um, I don't know how much of his background was really in pole vault. Right, right, vault right. He's, he's trying to help out as much as he can, you know, but probably doesn't have a strict philosophy of what the pole vault should be, you know. <laughs> um, what kind of equipment did you guys have? Um, are you implying we had equipment? Like, yeah, like, did you guys have poles? Like, we what's have going mats. on? I believe we had three or four poles, if not five or six. Yeah. We had two poles that I could jump on at the time. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah. Um, in terms of progress, well, I did what I could. At that point, I was jumping every day. Um, you know, a lot of times TC, my coach at the time, wasn't there, so he wasn't able to really instruct me. It was really just having fun, which yeah, yeah. based off some of these other podcasts that I've heard, you know, at least your first couple ones, it seems that a lot of other high schools or high school athletes are doing when they're pole vaulting, right? They're just having fun because there's no real strict philosophy or... Right, right. And, and look, I mean, that, that's the thing that I feel like people really have to grasp. It is such a fun event. It's like before we even get like super philosophical about anything, um, because I think, you know, me and you from time to time, just so kind of people understand, it's like, uh, you know, Andrew will come in usually on a Wednesday night at a 6.30 session, and that's my last session of the night. We get done around 9, 9.30, and then it's like an hour of like philosophical discussion about Polvil and life and just training and how people approach things. And so before we get that deep into it, it's like, it is fun, man. It's a great event. It's an event that I want more people to know about because I think if people, you know, saw it more often or were involved in it somehow, it's super fun. Super fun, man. I mean, and I like a lot of different sports. I mean, I, I've seen some amazing things live. Like I, I saw Andre Agassi's last match. He's a famous tennis player for those people that don't know. And that was thrilling. But some of the things I've seen in the track world, amazing. It's such an amazing sport. It's even even higher level, you know? I mean, when I saw Brad Walker jump 19 feet in Reno a few years back, like, oh, my God. And and it was electric. You know, you could feel it, you know? But go ahead. So you're at Eastern Christian. You got, like, two poles you can jump on. <laughs> you know, what? so what, what happens next? Well, let me tell you, I had a lot of fun. I mean, I remember probably two to three meets where I just wasn't able to even clear a bar. I don't even know if I attempted at the time because it just wasn't realistic given my skill and what I was able to do. But when I did jump, uh, my first meet, I ended up jumping, I believe, 8-6, which was a big deal for me because yeah, yeah, I went yeah. from jumping absolutely nothing. Nothing, yeah, no hiding all the time. Six. And I could just tell you the, the endorphins were flooding my brain. <laughs> <laughs> These levels of happiness that I, I just hadn't felt in, in a really long time. It's it, it, is, is, and, and that's the crazy thing. It's like I know sometimes, you know, like reading stuff on Facebook and reading stuff on like maybe Pole Vault Power or wherever, and people are knocking that kid that's jumping 8'6", but to that kid, that is wild, man. It's the worst. And then, and then it's like, you know what the first barrier is, right? When you hit double digits, oh, when you jump absolutely. ten the first time, <laughs> oh man, unbelievable, right? And and the thing is, we can't discount that in our sport. It's like that's important. Like everybody's jumped ten at some point. You know, I I remember even uh, reading something about Sergey Bubka. 
talking about how he thought he would never jump higher than three meters 60, wow. which for those of you that don't know, that's 11.9. <laughs> We're talking about Sergey Bubka, the first man to jump six meters, 19.8 and a quarter. The first man to jump over 20 feet. He's like, I never thought I was going to jump higher than 11.9. So it's like, everybody has those humbling heights that were so exciting at the time. It's so crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, piggybacking off that, I mean, I obviously wasn't able to do much in high school. Like we said, my PR was 11, but... Um, like well, let, let's, let's jump ahead. Let, let's jump ahead. Sure. So, you know, you did come in that one summer, you know, you jumped a little West bit. Milford. And I hadn't seen you in at least a year. Yeah. And I'm coaching the NJAC, which is the conference championship for Ramapo College, Right. And at the time, I have Michelle Favre, um, Lauren Riley, and Craig Van Leeuwen jumping for me. Yeah. So just so everybody knows PRs here, Craig ends up being a 17-8 guy. Michelle would end up being a 13-9 girl. And Lauren Riley would be a 12-9 girl. We're at conference. You, you find me. You, Somehow. Yeah. yeah. This, and this is, by the way, after, this is right after the girls' comp. Girls jumped first, and then guys jump after. Uh, Lauren had just jumped 12, two and a half to set the Ramapo College school record at the time, and Michelle jumped 11, six. So you walk up to me. Your PR is still 11. Yeah. And what did, what did you say to me? Do you remember that moment? Well, honestly, even then when I saw you, I mean, and, and this was something that I experienced in high school, always seeing some of the Apex kids at, at the meets, right? We had these lime green shirt. Well, you guys had these lime green shirts, and it was always a, a known fact that those kids had technique that was just far beyond what we were learning and just it just seemed like a tight like a close community of just pole vaulters that were being were able to excel because of the resources and because of yeah the, I, 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 I remember one time one of my guys Adam Laser, who would end up being a 15-5 guy it, when he was in high school he was at a conference championship and he's in line and somebody's like hey what's your PR and at the time it was 14 and the kid looks at him and sees the apex shirt he's like well you don't count you go to apex exactly like <laughs> like we're a different category but it Absolutely. was funny I mean, how many other people were thinking the same thing I mean I, I knew I was and I was always looking to the apex kids with such high regard because it was like they have the resources or, or they're able to to join this club and, and vault together just to try to, you know, clear these bars, which was really cool for me. But going back at this point, now I'm in Montclair, or at the time I was in Montclair, yeah, we yeah. Were, uh, mm -hmm. at the NJAX meet, and a little apprehensive to approach you because, like you said, right, I was jumping with you for that summer, right? We didn't yeah. really do too much, but even then I started to feel the progress coming. So I, I approached you and I asked you if I could borrow a pole because at Montclair State, well, we didn't have mats. We didn't have much there there was one pole that i can use and i knew that if i got on the right pole i could potentially do something with it right i could right. potentially maybe pr which was a big deal for me at the time but right right um, right I, I believe i went up to you and i i asked you for some some advice see yeah if yeah you can you know give me a pole like i said super apprehensive yeah so so i i agree <laughs> i'm like sure of course man like yeah. no big deal right so i i let andrew you know use the poles and I remember you like, you PR, you jump 11, five and a half, ecstatic. right? And you're ecstatic. Yeah, you're, ecstatic. you're so pumped. You're so stoked. And I remember, <laughs> I remember looking over to you and then, cl you know, classic me move. I'm like, hey, Andrew, I got two girls that jumped higher today. <laughs> oh, man. So then you, you go and you get the next bar. You jump that 11, 11 or 12 yeah. foot bar and then. Remember, Lauren Riley just jumped 12, two and a half. Oh, I go, I got a girl that jumped two inches higher than you. 
it was still such an amazing feeling. Yeah, obviously, yeah. like first meet kind of back with Bronco, being on a pole that you know I could actually work with that wasn't lighter than what I actually weighed at the time. So it was pretty awesome, right? So afterwards, I, th I believe I just you know we talked a little bit, but I did well, my own thing. Well, wait, you're forgetting the best part. Well, <laughs> so so then you you just PR'd, you're pumped, and you walked yeah. over, and so we're like talking as I'm coaching my Rampo guys, and now Craig starts jumping. And he jumped 17 feet. What did you say to me as he was jumping 17 feet? I was like, hey, how much does that cost? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, uh, if I could guarantee that, I don't know, like $10,000, but I can't guarantee that. And you, and you uttered the, the classic phrase. You're like, is that the premium package? It must have been. <laughs> and that's been the running joke ever since. Like, oh, whenever somebody's jumping really high, it's like, oh, they must be on the premium package. It must be. It must be. <laughs> yeah, if you're serious about jumping, talk to Bronco about his premium package. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it was a it was a great time obviously that was incentive enough for me to to know that this was really somewhere where i needed to be a lot more involved in and to, to apply myself so you know i i think that's kind of when we got back in right and, and here's something i want to bring up and and sure. you know we, we were kind of talking about before is like how many people don't ask for help <laughs> you know what i mean like that moment that you know Look, you didn't know me that well, but you were willing to come over and ask for help. And I feel like a lot of people pass up those opportunities. Well, that's what it is. It's you know, be, right? Yeah. Because we, like what we were discussing before, you didn't necessarily come from an environment that was pole vault conducive at all. Right? You know, you came from a school that had a couple poles in high school. You only ever jumped eleven feet, but you found a college that was willing to let you pole vault. And then you took the next step and you were willing to ask for help and see if somebody was going to help you out. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I feel like pass up those opportunities, you know? Absolutely. I mean, worst case scenario, you would have just said no. And right. then I would have moved along, right? And right. tried to make it, make it happen at that point. So yeah, I mean, don't pass up these opportunities, right? That's, that's how I looked at it. I saw it as an opportunity. This is, I need this one pole. If I get on this pole, I knew I could PR. And I ended up, you know, PRing that day, which was really special for me. Right, and then and then you end up even jumping fourteen three, which I think at the time might have been a Montclair record. I'm not I'm not sure because um, there's some debate about the Montclair pole vault records. Well, they don't update yeah. their records, right? right? So for me, that was the biggest deal, right? I I had this vision of jumping fourteen feet in college, right? That was a big deal. One because yeah. it, well, I believed it was the record at the time, and you know, I knew I was capable given my ability right right my right speed my strength there's no reason why i shouldn't be able to do that and in retrospect i think i aimed a little bit too low obviously there are yeah. a lot of things that I, I could have um you know done a little bit different if uh, i was given the opportunity right i mean i mean like look just tonight you had a practice session and you know watching you just do your three left approach and stuff that you're doing now and sure you're a little older and people could argue maybe you know you physically mature but I think really, like you said, it's more that the mentality, you know, you might've thought, I think at the time you thought 14 was so high. So to you, that was like such a huge goal oh, where just so people understand, and I know maybe some people nationally are listening to this, the environment in the Northeast was not that amazing just no. 10 years ago. I mean, when I was going to meets in 2005, 2006, 2007 with like Craig, and at the time Craig Van Leeuwen was jumping 15 feet, if there was one other guy at a college meet jumping at 15 feet in the northeast that was a lot 
Big you know deal. what I mean? Yeah, it was a big deal. So if you were a 15-footer, that was huge. So 14 feet was a big deal in, in the Northeast back then. You know, not to say that there weren't a guy here or there that jumped a little higher, but it wasn't until the mid to late 2000s when the clubs picked up in this area that some of the performances started get, getting much, much better. Now it's not rare to see a 15-foot guy. Now it's more like if you don't jump 15, like you probably shouldn't be jumping in college. Literally. Right, yeah. it's it's kind of crazy. So it's it's really blossomed in this area. I mean, I know we're still not maybe at the level of like a Texas or California, mm-hmm. you know, but it's it's getting much better, and I hope that it keeps improving, you know. And that's what I'm hoping with this podcast that we put more information out there, and more people are willing to hopefully ask for help when they realize that anybody, and this goes beyond pole vault, anybody who has information, anybody who has knowledge, more likely than not, they're probably happy to help. Yeah. happy to help you know um how do you how do you think pole is like maybe like helped you in other facets of life you know, we've oh, talked man. about this so I'm, I'm sure we could spend four or five uh hours at yeah. least talking about this if not yeah. four or five sessions different you, you should just probably call out sick from work <laughs> yeah right uh, i'm not gonna be able to make it in tomorrow sorry about that no i mean i, I really don't know where to begin right so um, i guess yeah, actually, I do know exactly where to begin. Let me tell you. So uh, my freshman year at Montclair, given the circumstances, given the resources that we had as a school, um, I tried out for the team. I was the second best pole vaulter on the team at the time, I believe. And um, long story short, uh, the coach wasn't in, in contact with me and I wasn't too in contact with the coach. And he actually didn't let me jump. So I became very discouraged and um, I turned my interests elsewhere, right? Uh, I, I said, hey, you know, maybe this isn't for me. And mm-hmm. um, after having a, a pretty rough year academically, I realized that I definitely needed to make some changes in my life. And, you know, pole okay. vault was one of those uh, events or just things in my life which really helped me be a little bit more disciplined, helped me apply myself, you know? So sophomore year after my, you know, catastrophic academic year, um, I said, I need to, I need to do this. And I guess that's kind of when I started practicing again with you and, you know, really tried to ramp things up and, and see what, what I, you know, where I can take this. And, uh, well, let me, let me chime in yeah, real quick yeah. because I, you know, it's interesting, like the timeline, right? Cause I feel like a lot of kids end up going to college at first and they're freshmen and everybody talks about this college experience. <sighs> You know, and I laugh sometimes, like, because sometimes I'll even hear parents like, oh, Bronco, I want my kid to have a good college experience. Hmm. What are you talking about? No, he will. Trust me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, here's the thing. At the end of the day, if we want to be like really, really blunt and literal, okay, you're going to college to get a degree. Hmm. And then after college, you go get a job, you know, and that's what college is about. But I think we draw it out to be something even more. And really that college experience ends up becoming just kind of partying yeah you know what i mean absolutely and so it's not uncommon how many people go to college freshman year and even flunk out you know so you were lucky that you even made it to the next year probably funny you mention that the <laughs> other pole vaulter yeah. the one who was better than me flunked out the first semester wow yeah you know so i actually became the only pole vaulter on the team at that yeah. point and um you know not not to speak bad about montclair's program because i'm so grateful for the opportunity to have right. been able to jump with them well, well, think about the way you're just saying that too. And I, I think that's something that people uh, 
don't do enough. Sure, maybe Montclair isn't the best situation for a pole vaulter, but you still had the opportunity. Oh. I mean, you were an 11 foot vaulter. I mean, you're lucky that you found a place that was Literally. willing to let you pole vault and they gave you that opportunity. A lot of other people are just ready to jump the gun and say how this isn't good enough. They don't have the greatest facilities. They don't have the, the poles or any of this and that. But sometimes like you're lucky to be in a program. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm going to take it a step further from a coach's perspective. I feel like sometimes a lot of coaches don't understand the opportunity they have to change a person's life. Because I know even with me and you, one of the reasons we ended up bonding and becoming so close is because, you know, I felt a responsibility to help you out any way I could as a coach. And, you know, after you graduated, you know, we've become friends. But I feel like people miss out on that because they don't realize the opportunity they have as a, a leader to help people. You, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, going off of that, it's funny you mentioned that because you have almost a responsibility, not only to the sport as a coach, right? Yeah. But um, yeah. To, to your athletes, you know, and, and to help them out in any way possible to, to continue striving towards their goals because, I mean, pole vault is pole vault, but what I try to tell people, and I think these are some of the conversations that we mm-hmm. have uh, after practice, is that this translates into all areas of life you know if you look at it that way and if you have a, a positive perspective or a positive outlook on things you know um i guess what we haven't talked much about is what i'm doing now right so i, I, I right. graduated from montclair um i'm a financial advisor now I, I have been for the last three years and mm-hmm. i do have some flexibility in my schedule which allows me to continue doing this um for so many athletes um, it's all about what they were able to do in high school, whether it's breaking the record there or just jumping a certain bar because mm-hmm. it's so high, right? For me in college, it was 14. But I quickly realized that I'm capable of much more than just 14 feet. That's yeah. why earlier I said uh, I probably set the, the standard too low, right? I should have right. a little bit higher. Right. But for me, yeah, there was this incentive, right? There, there was this big goal that I had to, to jump 14 feet because I, I thought it was the record at the time. But quickly realized that I can jump much higher. And time is most certainly of, of the essence and is we, we do need to live life with a certain sense of urgency, but... I'm still healthy. I'm, I'm still physically able to do this. Right, and right. There are a lot of people that are unfortunately aren't in that position. So I'm going to be saying this throughout the podcast, but I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be able to continue doing this, to have someone like you and to have the resources that this club provides to, to be able to keep it, chasing my dreams. Man. Yeah, it's you awesome. know, and, and it's funny because I'm sure you get the question sometimes from people. And I'm sure I've heard things, you know, I, I've, you know, I've heard former athletes of mine who I, I thought I was tight with that would be like, yo, is that Andrew kid still jumping? <laughs> I love yo, it. why is he still jumping? You know? And to me, like, I don't get it. Like, they act like, oh, pole vaulting is something I did when I was a kid and now I outgrew it. And yet a lot of times, like, what else are you doing with your time? Really? Let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah. What are you doing with your time? Right. Right. I'll you wait. Know? Still, no. That's yeah. That's no, what you're no, gonna hear nothing. when you ask that question. And nothing. and and to me, it's crazy. It's like you're still doing something that you know physically is keeping you in great shape. You know, mentally challenging you as well, trying to perfect your technique, trying to maybe you know go up that one grip. You know, if I let you, <laughs> uh, you know, go up a pole, try to get that next PR. You know, 
even for me, I mean, I had a lifetime PR just a couple of years ago. You know, it's nothing crazy. I only jumped 14. <laughs> um, I did it from five left, though. And I unpacked all the mats and stuff in the morning. But anyway, I'm, I'm you know, whatever. But, like, but, you know, it's like that challenge. And it's, you're challenging yourself constantly. And that's a beautiful thing. Like, what else could you be doing with your time? Now, it doesn't have to be pole vault. You know, some people, maybe they're in a volleyball league or maybe they, maybe they do CrossFit, what, whatever. But it's like, we're doing pole vault. This is what we're, we love. This is what we're passionate about. And I think that's the thing. And it's like, I think you're constantly throughout life supposed to be challenging yourself. And that's what makes life worth living. You know, and even for me, like the one athlete that like tried to call you out to me and was like, yo, I can't believe Andrew's still jumping. I remember one time the, the person said something weird to me and they were like, you know, Bronco, like pole vaulting used to be such a big part of my life, but it's like, it's still a big part of your life as if like I didn't grow up. And to me, it's like, all right, let's talk about this. Um, I own a pole vaulting club. That's my business. That's my livelihood. I coach a college. You know, yeah, it is important to my life. It, it wouldn't make any sense if it wasn't important. Like, what what should be important? Like, going out on the weekends? Like, I don't, I don't understand. But go, go ahead. Well, I mean, think about it, right? It's funny that you, you mentioned uh, this athlete, right? Well, and we've talked about what else would you be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Being challenged. Um, pole vault was that one event that I, I really found worthy of my cause, right? And I still right. feel that way. I mentioned before, the only reason I'm still doing this is because I'm so awful at it, right? And I want to <laughs> keep getting better because I know I can. Right. You know? And that's what it's about for me. Progress, constantly progressing, whether it's two fingers, maybe I get a grip, maybe I go up a pole. I mean, it, it, it still means the world to me. I mean, we could talk about, I know you, you've mentioned this a couple times, but when you see me on the runway, uh, I yeah. mean, at least as of lately, I have a, a huge smile on my face and I can't even really put into words how overwhelmed with gratitude and happiness I am every time I step on this runway to compete, you know? Practice is a little bit different, right? Because I'm trying to work right, on my right. and, you know? But it's, I'm just flooded with, with emotions and all positive emotions, even when I miss a bar, because I know that ultimately that's going to help me in the future. And it's right. not just about pole vault. It's about how it translates into all other areas of my life. This really taught me a lot about discipline, goal setting, and dealing with failure. Well, that was the next thing I was about to say. You took it right yeah. out of my mouth. Failure. I've never been more on fire for this sport than those times where I would go to practice and just not be able to put it together and knowing that I, that I could and that I had the, the ability to and it just wasn't right. working. And, and that really was the motivation. That was the drive to keep me going. And I'm so grateful. <laughs> I'm going to keep yeah. saying it, but I'm so grateful to, to still be here and doing this. You know, Think about this. I'm a financial advisor now. I'm 25 years old. Yeah. And, um, this is pretty apparent that I'm still a pole vaulter. I, I, I like to make it known, you know, anyone who talks to me about this, I, I will tell them. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I have a lot of respect for my, my colleagues, uh, my coworkers, you know, and a lot of them don't understand it, right? I mean, you just spoke about yeah. what else would you be doing? Well, a, a lot of people are, you know, working on whatever they, they love to do. Maybe it's money, maybe it's growing their business, which is definitely something that I'm working on. But um, being so involved with something that I'm so passionate about has 
really <laughs> made such a difference in my life. I mean, I, yeah. I, like I said, I could talk about this for hours. And it, I, I always think about, you know, the people that maybe can't do this or can't do the things that they're passionate about. Right. You know, because they don't have maybe the resources or the ability. Maybe they're not healthy anymore. I right. Mean, I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to pull wolf for. I, I really don't know. Right. So I'm going to keep Right. You, we, like, we really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But, literally. you know. Literally. And, and so just, I mean, going off of that, I mean, you know, I think about it for me personally too. It's like, and look, it's not like every day I jump out of bed and I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to go coach for <laughs> six hours or 10 hours, depending on the day. But I, I do, every once in a while, I'm like, this is insane. I get to wake up and go coach pole vaulting. That's my job. And it's, it's just so crazy, you know, and and sure, not everybody can do that per se, but like you said, you could even have a tough day at work and be like, wow, I get to go to pole vault practice later, you know? Yeah. And, and it's just, it's, it becomes an outlet, you know, but even more so like you said, and, and I mentioned this in the Zero episode with Calvin and Lily for anybody that, that listened to that, but it's like pole vault can become that like symbol of like life, right? Pole vaulting is fun. It's exciting, man. You get that PR, awesome man nothing feels like that pr and the higher you go the better that pr feels right yeah but you soon come to realize there comes a lot of work a lot of sacrifice and sometimes things that you have to do that aren't enjoyable to get you to that fun like i i was actually very uh surprised last week a old high school friend of mine hit me up to like hang out and I hadn't seen him in years, you know. He is probably one of the best artists I've ever known. Wow. And I, and, you know, as a kid, I kind of like, I was like one of those like comic book geeks a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I still have my box of comics. And I'm not even lying. Like his art was on par with, with stuff that you would see, see in Marvel and DC Comics. And, you know, for people who know what Image Comics used to be. But, um... He was great. He was great. He, in fact, he, he created our logo, the Apex Vaulting logo. I'm proud to have that logo. It's just, it's one of those things that it's still a connection in my life. And he did such a great job. But he was talking to me about his experience as an artist and how like, oh, like, you know, maybe didn't like to do some of the administrative stuff mm. that comes with having a business. Does. You know, and I, and I was talking to him like, dude, you have, you have to be willing to do that stuff. And he kind of like, you know, he made me feel good that night. He goes, Bronco, you know, I'm envious of your commitment. And that's the thing. Through pole vaulting, you could find out that you really want something. You have to have commitment. Absolutely. You know, whether, whether it's pole vaulting, whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, you have to have that commitment. And not everything is going to be awesome. You know, not every moment is going to be awesome. You have to work hard so that you get those fun times. Yeah. I mean, think know? about how crazy we are as pole vaulters. We keep coming in and we slave practicing, working out, you know, our lifts, yeah. our circuits, just to be able to potentially PR by a couple and, inches. And it's not like other sports, like like let's say like football or basketball, where we draw up new plays. Well, like, oh, you guys, are you guys are bored uh, doing the same play? Let's draw something else up. No, you're gonna do the same thing. You're gonna run down, plant the pole, jump, and try <laughs> to clear the bar. <laughs> You didn't do it? Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> yeah. <literally>. You know? <laughs> a never-ending cycle. You know? And it's interesting how we keep coming back. 
So I'm finding that it's less about the PR, but it's more about the journey and it's more about yes. what's happening on a day-to-day basis for, for one, you know, to help you achieve your goal, whether it's a certain bar or something. Qualifying for a meet, whatever. whatever. It is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting that we put ourselves through this. It doesn't seem like the reward is that great, but then again, what else can you do where you can fly, you know? <laughs> right, uh, right. Uh, you know, and it, and it's crazy. And I want to go back to something that we were, we kind of alluded to earlier is like, I don't think people realize like, even when you're not necessarily given the environment, you can create your environment. Hmm. Like even from a coaching perspective, when I first started coaching at West Milford, not so different than Eastern Christian. I mean, sure. I, we just got brand new mats when I got there. That, that was great. There's maybe 10, 15 poles, so a little bit more, but really nothing on the girls' side. And I was specifically the girls' pole vault coach. I just helped the boys out. So I didn't contractually have to help the boys, but we really didn't have girls' poles. And the girls' school record, I think, was 7.6 or 7.9. And the guys' school record was maybe 13.6, you know? And I start coaching. I mean, that first year, I bought four poles from my own pocket, you know, and I kept buying poles, buying equipment. I even found places for us to jump when it was winter time. I mean, there was one year, I remember we would wake up at 5 a.m., set up the mats in the gym. We had one of those like vacuum boxes. I know some people know what I'm talking about. You plug it in and it's like, and it makes that vacuum noise, huge vacuum noise, and it sucks to the floor. So this box is not eight and a half inches deep. It's actually like three inches above the floor. So like we would set that up and jump, you know? Then finally, you know, um, Flying Circus got started, which was about 15 minutes from our high school. Flying Circus is another club in our area. Uh, They've done a great job and we started jumping out of there, you know, and it's like, and I was always trying to find a different spot, but like within a few years, I probably had over 50 poles out of my own pocket that I bought. I made a high bar for our outdoor facility. You know, it's like, we just, we created the environment. And I think a lot of people are sitting back waiting for someone to give them that when you have to make it on your own, you know? And I I feel like a lot of people don't get it. Like, um, I was telling you before, uh, yesterday, Danny Davenport stopped by one of my first vaulters. What's up, Danny? (laughs) (laughs) And Danny stopped by And I was telling him the story. I was like, yo, Danny, you remember, like, you guys didn't even have mats at Woodridge. You didn't have any poles. And Frankie used to drive you up. Frankie uh, Casabrota was was their track coach at the time. Would bring them up to West Milford, and they're jumping. And here I have, like, my 50, 70 poles out on the grass. You know, we would carry them out from the shed. And everybody's jumping, and it's West Milford kids and some kids from other schools like Danny. And they're jumping. And we asked one of the kids on the team, we're like, hey, like, do you think this is, like, normal? He's like, what do you mean? I go, well, like we've got all these poles, all these kids are jumping. I'm coaching you guys. Like, well, yeah. How do you pole vault without poles and a Bronco? You know? <laughs> and, and, um, and Danny was like highly offended. He's like, dude, I don't even have mats at my school. Like I had to drive an hour to come to practice, you know? And, and that's the crazy thing. You know, it's like, I made that environment. So even like my West Milford kids at the time didn't even realize how lucky they were because they probably just like, like that kid thought that's how it is. Yeah. Um, but even going to Danny, he created that environment. He got his coach to drive him to practice an hour, you know? Uh, it, it's, it's just insane. Like, 
you know, I, I think that can help you out so much in life. Like we have to create our environments for success. We can't just depend on it being given to us. It's not about the resources that you are given. It's about being resourceful, working within your means. I mean, most successful people or entrepreneurs cre create that through creating it through their environment, through finding new possibilities to have these resources. I mean, that was my idea, right? My school doesn't have the poles for me to jump and no one has the expertise or knowledge in this sport to be able to help me progress. So how am I going to become a better athlete? You know, and I mean, I'm so lucky to have found it, you know, and found Apex, but you know, it, it's interesting. Man. And, and look, I don't want people to think that this is like a Apex advertisement. It's not. I mean, wherever you're jumping, whether you're, you live in Ohio, Wisconsin, California, whatever, if you're not in a situation to jump, you just have to look at the meets. Who are the successful people? Who are the people that are jumping well? And you can search out that person that can help you. You know, some coach that maybe is willing to lend a hand and, and maybe teach you some stuff. And, and, you know, you might have to go out of your way. But that's what it takes to be successful. You have to go out of your way to be successful. It's not going to be given to you. You know, and I think that's, that's such an important, you know, message and it can help you all the way throughout your life. I mean, um, do you remember when you graduated college? You kind of had a, you know, tough time at first. Like, do, do you remember some of the conversations we had? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, my major was in psychology. I, I have a lot of love for psychology. I, I also uh, was doing a lot of painting at the time. I, I loved art. That was actually my first major. But um, didn't really know where to go afterwards and, you know, what to do. And funny enough, I actually started coaching. Um, you know, I, I was helping right. you out for a couple meets and um, I had the opportunity to coach a meet when we were still in Oakland. And, right, right. Um, that's where I met Coach Zahir, who was the Right, from Weequake. Weequake in, in Newark. And, um, you know, he needed some help. And he had a boy at the time, I believe, was jumping eight and a girl who'd never cleared a bar before. Right. Uh, long story short, I, you know, that meet, I was able to help the girl clear a couple bars. She actually ended up jumping, I believe, at least eight. And mm -hmm. Osafi, his PR at the time was eight, six. So he, he PR'd that same day. I think he jumped nine, but um, I had the opportunity to be able to work with them. And uh, I probably coached the school for a little bit less than a year, but I was able to help Osafi. Um, yeah, he got up to 12'6". 12'6". So this 8'6 kid got up to 12'6". In just a couple months, and being able to help him do that, because like I mentioned earlier, I, I didn't really have a coach with a, a lot of expertise at the time who was really willing and able to dedicate the time to me. He had a family. He just had, he had like a two or three year old son, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I had just graduated college. Yes, I was working um, in finance at the time, but still, still am. Yeah. But dedicating my time to Asafi and seeing him grow, uh, I, I mean, it, it's just so incredible. So going back to some of the things that we were talking about before, challenging yourself and, and coaching and sort of being an influence to others and also surrounding yourself with people that are gonna mm -hmm. help you, it was so rewarding being able to see him progress, you know, and so yeah. rapidly. So uh, I'm also glad that he had the, the opportunity to work with you afterwards. Right. You, you, would, you would bring him up here a little bit and then uh, a little bit his freshman year of college, he came in. So he ended up freshman year going, I think, 12-6 at 13-9, I believe. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, so, you know, and like you said about the journey and stuff, like sometimes it's not even a, about necessarily the performance it's about, you know, the people you meet, you know, the places you get to go, 
the things that you get to discover, like, um, I guess a, a funny, you know, funny example is like, I remember one time telling Dave Cariello, another former vaulter to go, he might have to go coach Kurt Dunn and Craig Van Leeuwen at a meet. And they're both 17 plus guys. And, and Dave's like, I, I don't know how to coach them. I'm like, what do you mean you know how to coach them? It's, you've coached before. Yeah, but they jump on poles I've never jumped on. <laughs> I go, dude, it's the same thing. Whether it's like a girl jumping at 10, if the pole bends too much, they land deep, you got to go up a pole. Well, same thing. It's just they're going to be jumping over 17 feet, you know? <laughs> so it was funny. So, you know, you hear stories like that and you even hear stories about professionals and, you know, I don't want to, you know, name names or anything. But, like, you hear stories about even pros that they have the same issues that, you know, that high school kid that your coaching is, you know, where they might be, have doubts about their training. You know, they don't know if they could really achieve that next bar, mm. you know, same thing. It did. And that's why I like what we're saying. It's like, it, it transcends the sport. It starts to go into life, Absolutely. you know, and let's say, you know, we've talked about your, your business as a financial advisor mm. and, you know, you need to believe that you can help people. You need to believe that you can be successful in business and you need to keep pushing along. I know even me, you know, we've talked about in the past year, maybe, you know, uh, performance wise, things were a little bit tough in the club last year. I graduated a lot of kids, had a lot of new young kids in the club last year. And the thing is, if you don't keep that positive attitude, it's going to really bring things down. Like on the worst parts, the worst times when you feel the most down, you have to stay positive and fight through because that's when the next chapter comes. That's when the new successes will come because it's not always going to be easy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even coming here and practice and I guess kind of piggybacking off that, I think that as an athlete, you owe it to your peers to at least, you know, smile. You know, be oh positive. my God. Be positive because it's going to help everyone else out. You know, people really feed off of this energy you know encourage each other we're all going for the same thing and like me and bronco were just saying this translates into all other areas of life so so make it do that for you you know it's really about the perspective well i mean i I, i've talked about it even uh, like you're saying like you know teammates or, or club members that are jumping in a session with you everybody has to be positive you know it's kind of like you know what if i if i go get coffee from you know coffee shop that person smiles i'm more likely to drop a tip if that person looks like they hate their life and they're rude to me probably less likely to leave a tip i mean i try to leave a tip always um but probably less likely you know and same thing if you're a little bit more positive and you can sorry keep your head up you know during practice you might have, you might actually start to turn around that bad practice and make it a good practice, or at least be able to take some positives from it, or maybe at least help somebody else have a good practice. But if you're negative and you're having doubts and you look like all of a sudden that it's a chore to be pole vaulting, that's hard. That brings everybody else down. And, and like we're saying, this, this goes beyond pole vault, yeah. you know, this could be the workplace, you know, this could be a relationship. 
It's like, how do you stay positive? And it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy to stay positive. It's well, let's definitely talk not. about that, right? Because a lot of people say, you know, always be positive, right? And I'm here, we're both talking about yeah, being yeah, positive yeah, yeah, yeah. And how important that is, right? But I can't always come to practice and just say, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to be able to clear 15 feet, I'm going to be able to clear 15 feet and not take any action to actually help me get there, right? Right. You can only be so positive, but if you're not living the right way, if you're not really applying yourself to your sport and having that right diet, you know, really going through the training and making the practices as well as getting rest, then you can be as positive as you want, but you're not going to get the results that you, you're really looking for. Well, you know what's funny too is like you kind of bring up that idea, like, you know, living the right way and it's about you got to be honest with yourself. Like you, if, if you have a bad practice and you, and well, and, and you know, Hey, you know, I didn't get good sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe I was out late or maybe, maybe, uh, you know, I had a personal issue come up, whatever the case may be, it happens, but be honest with yourself and then look at the practice and be like, maybe it wasn't so bad. Right. You know, all things considering, maybe it wasn't so bad. And, and, when you're not getting the results that you want, you have to be able to look in the mirror and be like, why am I not getting those results? Have I put in a good effort? Have I, have I done the training the way I'm supposed to? Have I been eating right, sleeping right, all that kind of stuff? You have to be honest with yourself. And it's so funny, like I was telling you this before, uh, Brian Riggs from KMR, you know, another pole vault club, he, uh, he had a post today that was awesome. I, I got to tell you, pretty brave dude to post this on Facebook. <laughs> he put, um, so many of you skipped yesterday's session. He's, I guess, talking about his club kids. And you're developing a tendency to miss workouts and short run days. Yeah, good luck. Just know this. If you're not willing to commit to the little stuff, you'll never get the big stuff. I have a list of who's who, and you will make up the little stuff. <laughs> and just for those of you that think the little stuff is stupid and a waste of time, you know, the pole drops, the plyo workouts, the two-step, three-step plant drills, the short run, or anything off the runway. Let's see what our pro and elite friends have to say about it. You elite guys and gals and coaches, give us your thoughts on all the little stuff that some of our kids are skipping. And so, like, a bunch of people posted. I, I posted something. I, I, said, um, I said, no, it's fine. Skip the little stuff. You don't have to do drills or even do workouts. But just understand that someone else will be doing that stuff and don't act surprised or upset when that person beats you. And it goes back to that honesty part. Like, that's cool. You want to skip the, the workouts. You, you want to skip the drills. You, you just want to run from a seven. Awesome. Just know someone else who's maybe even behind you, right? Like maybe you're that 15-foot high school boy and you, you think you're a stud and you don't need to do the little stuff. That 13-foot guy, he's cranking. He's working hard. He's hungry. He wants what you have. Don't be shocked when he passes you up in winter. You know what I mean? And, and the thing that's crazy, and you know, I could have posted this on the Facebook, but I'll say it in the podcast. For his kids, I would say, you know, your coach is doing the right stuff. Your coach is saying the right stuff. You need to follow through. At my club, the kids who are coming in three days a week, they have a medium jump session where they might get back to a five left approach, maybe. Like tonight, you only got back to a three. Unfortunately. We did ones and threes. <laughs> One left, which is yeah. two steps, and three left, which is six total steps. That's it. Then they have their, their big day, which might be up to a seven, eight, nine left, depending on what uh, you know, level the kid is at. 
that middle day, they don't go past the one. They literally are spending the entire practice doing running drills, pole drops, pole runs, pole walks, some ones, and then they do high bar and whatever workout that's planned. They don't really jump. And my kids are committed to that. They know that's a, that's the program, you know? And it's so funny because like even someone like Lily Brown, she was on the Zero episode, you know, she sees someone do a better drill than her, that girl's hungry. She, she's going to do that drill even better and she's going to do it 10 times more, you know? And you have to be that way. Like you want success, you know? You have opportunities, take them. Take them. You, you can't skip out on that stuff. Like, so I, I got to give it out to, to, you know, Brian Riggs. You know, that's, that's awesome. You know, that's, that's what you need to be doing. You need to be focusing on the small stuff because there's no way you're going to fix some problem from a seven, eight left approach. That's impossible at that point. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, what about your, your job as a, fi- a financial advisor? I mean, like, right? Like the little stuff is important. Yeah. Always. I mean, obviously we spoke about the administration. Like how often would you say, for example, as a finance guy, how often are you working and doing stuff for your clients where you might not necessarily get paid for it? You know what I mean? Like it's just it, like the extra effort that you put in, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say 70% of it is clerical and servicing clients, you know? it's There's so much that's happening behind the scenes that most people don't understand. Right. Right. I mean, obviously, I'm here showing you and creating a financial plan for you to better your future. Right. Everything's long term, though. Right. I'm not a magician. I'm a guide. The same way you're guiding us to to help us clear these bars and and the technical aspect. In the same way, I need to be the same way. Right. When I'm sitting down with my clients, I'm showing them what they need to do on a daily basis, if not you know, annually to, to get them to their goals, to help them, you know, reach the retirement goal that they've set for themselves, whether it's a dollar amount or an income amount. Right. So, I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely applies to, uh, (sighs) yeah, I, it's, it's, it's so nuts how much all this stuff uh, applies. Um, the, the last thing, and this kind of, goes into what we were just saying about having a positive attitude is like, who are you supposed to surround yourself with? You know, like if you want to be successful, who, who should you surround yourself with and how do you know when it's time to let go? And I guess I'll, I'll, I'll just start out as an example. It's like, sure. sometimes I have athletes that maybe were performing at a high level at one time or another. It's not working anymore. You know, and I know earlier in my coaching career is hard for me. You know, because, uh, you know, you had those sentimental feelings, you know, like maybe this was a past champion and, and they showed some potential. But when it's not working anymore, you, 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 ha- you have to move on. You know what I mean? You, you, you have to be working with people that help move, move you forward. You help them move forward. I mean, how, how big is this for you? I mean, like, talk about it personally. You know, I know we've talked about even like, you know, friends, like, so, you know, your inner social circle and stuff. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think we even spoke about this either earlier in the week or maybe even today. I mean, what is it? The rule of 33? Tal Cruz? Right, right. Yeah. Can you, Billy, look that up? Fact check uh, I know it's a yeah. TEDx talk. Uh, I think the guy's name is Tal Cruz. I mean, just to summarize it, essentially what he's saying is 
somewhere around 30%. 33%. 33, isn't it, right? 33% of the people you um, surround yourself with should be at an equal level as you, right? So that Right, those are your peers, your friends. Correct, right? And the other 33% should be lesser than you, in a sense, right? Because Right. Yeah, go ahead. I'm not sure if lesser is the right word that I'm but the, or the word that I'm They're people for. that aren't at your level in life, right? So they're people that you can mentor, that you can help. So for example, in finance, maybe it's a new employee that you can help guide them so they can understand how to get get themselves off the ground Absolutely. financially and business-wise. Right. Maybe someone who hasn't started right. any sort of financial planning or retirement savings, right? right? But then I'm sitting down with people that have... 10, 15, 20 times the amount in savings that, that I have, right? I'm a young guy. Yeah, yeah. I've only been doing this for six years now. Right. So, I mean, for me to be able to, to guide them, yeah, well, I have the expertise, but they're in a much different place in their life, right? Right. They may, may be at that 33% that's on a, a much higher level than I am. Right. And that's, that's the last third, right? That's the Correct. last 33% that in his TEDx talk, and I'm not trying to steal his talk, but you know, he talks about you need mentors yourself and they should usually be 10 times ahead of you. You know what I mean? So it's someone that can really be a good mentor and show you the way. And he even talks about, you don't have to personally know these people. You know, you could read their books. You can listen to their podcast. You can, you know, read articles. Um, and they can help you. Cause I know even me personally, like there's, there's coaches that I've met that I'm so grateful for. Like we interviewed Jim B. Miller. He was one of the first coaches I saw at a clinic. I got a chance to work with Roman Vacharnikov pretty closely a couple of summers in a row. I was fortunate enough to, to meet Alan Launder, the, the writer of Beginner to Bupka. That was amazing. Um, and then even locally, you know, I've gotten to work with Tim St. Lawrence and Hugh Cothers from Flying Circus. I've gotten to work with Mike Lorick from Vertical Assault. Those were great influences in my life. But I've been influenced by people I've never even met, like Vitaly Petrov. I've read some of his articles, you know. I, I've been influenced by someone like Dave Tate, you know, the owner of Elite FTS and famous powerlifter from Westside Barbell, you know. So I can read their information. Obviously, I'd love to meet some of these people if it was an opportunity. But I can read their information that can help guide me, you know. And that mentorship is so, so important, you know. Yeah, I mean, mostly because it does translate into all other areas of life, right? Not only just in the pole vault. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, coaching for me, and I was only able to coach because I've been coached and I've learned, you know? Right. So coaching for me and being able to help Osafi progress helped me in my, with my craft, you know? Right. And how I can put things together and it gave me a better understanding of the sport and how... But, but you know what I wanted you to touch upon, like... Uh, again, you know, who do you surround yourself with? So we've talked about like kind of like in an abstract way of like the types of people that you should mm -hmm. surround yourself. But like maybe, and you know, you don't have to like name names or anything like that. But like maybe can you talk about like, you know, what was it like, you know, you, you talked about freshman year, you had bad grades, yeah. you know, you realized you needed to change. You know, talk about that process of the people that you surrounded yourself with maybe at that time versus now, you know, Kind of take us through that. Yeah, well, I mean, as a freshman in college, a brand new experience for me, right? You know, moving from high school to college, I, I can sort of recreate myself, uh, paint this image of a, of a new Andrew, right? And, and it was interesting, and I had a lot of fun, 
right? But it didn't really help me um, towards my goals, which at the time, well, I didn't really have many goals. Uh, I wasn't disciplined. I wasn't committed enough. Right. You know, and pole vault really helped me kind of get back on track. The only reason I, I did that was because the people surrounding me were telling me, I need to get better grades, right? So, I mean, obviously throughout the years, I, I've, I've learned a lot, right? Not only working with you, but working with you. It's funny that you bring up, okay, like, like pole vault and grades, because a lot of the, the talk that we're having right now is, is very philosophical, and sometimes it may seem abstract, but something concrete, like your GPA or your PR, almost make you see the reality. Like we talked about being honest with yourself. Absolutely. You could say you're working hard, you could say whatever, but if you have a 1.7 GPA, or if you're, you know, only jumping 11, for example, and you know you could jump higher, that makes you face reality. Yeah. You know, so sometimes you need that concrete, you know, information. But like, so how, how did the, did it change like the people that you surrounded yourself with as, yeah. as you were growing up? Well, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's funny because pole vault opened a lot of those doors for me. I would have never met coaches out here if it wasn't for that one meet that I just so happened to be coaching mm -hmm. for you because you weren't there, right? right? It opens doors in the sense of relationships that you can create in the future, um, obviously the accomplishments that you can uh, achieve, but over the years, you know, not only did I meet these influential people in my life, but now through work, I'm able to surround myself with people that maybe have been working in financial planning for years now. D does it maybe even help you point out who are people you should? Absolutely. You know? Well, because some of these people help me align myself with my goals. I think you're, you're one of them, right? You've helped mm -hmm. me achieve these new bars and these new heights. But now if we're going to talk about work, I, I've been lucky enough to pair myself with a, an advisor who's been doing this for 20 years, right. who's held several roles within the company. He was a branch manager, a supervisor, and he's, he's a rep now, you know, doing the same thing that I do, except his book of business is, I want to say, 10, 20 times bigger than mine. This guy is right. managing millions and millions of dollars. And so he can show you the path. Absolutely. You know, and that, that's something even like in pole vault practice, I talk to the kids. I'm like, hey, you're a girl that's jumping 9, 10 feet. You want to jump 12? Look no further than that 12-foot girl that's in your practice. Literally. What is she doing? Because if you can't do what she does, you're not going to jump 12. Yeah. And if you could start to achieve some of the things that she can achieve in drills or workouts you're on your path to 12 feet, yeah. you know? And so that, that's the thing in that concrete abstract. And then it even becomes that idea of like through the sport, you get to know the people that can help you and it applies outside, mm -hmm. right? Like your experiences through the sport with me, with other athletes that were positive influences, you're able to pick out those other positive influences in life. Like the supervisor that you have, Correct. you know? And I know even for me, what it's taught me is like, you know, it, I know it's tough and everybody always wants to, well, you know, last year I did blah, blah, blah. You know, last year I was state champion. Hey, that was last year. That was last year. It really doesn't matter. And it, I, I talked about this last year when, you know, it was, it was like kind of a rebuilding year at the club. And it was like, I'm like, dude, some of these people look at me as if I haven't coached a state champ in 10 years. And it was one year ago I had a state champion, you know, and I think the top five guys in the state 
were from the club too on top of that. We had the female state champion and the top five guys in the state were from my club. And it's like one year later, because it's a rebuilding year, it's as if no one knows my name. You know, and it's funny. So it's like, it doesn't matter what you did last year. No. That's great. But what are you doing right now? Yeah. That's what matters. You know, and you constantly have to reestablish that. And that's made me quicker to identify, one, if somebody's having a problem, they need maybe some mentorship or if they need some motivation to keep pushing forward or if they need that talk like, hey, maybe you shouldn't pull wool anymore. Hmm. You know, and that applies to personal relationships. You know, you find out real quick. It's like this person is not a positive influence in my life. You know, I'm trying to I try to be there for them. They're not really there for me. It's time to cut ties and I, I got to move on. You have to because that's how you grow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's it's so wild, you know. <laughs> Um, I don't know if this is the best ending, the, the, the way to stop. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add, Andrew? Well, there'll, there'll definitely be a part two, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, we're, a- Andrew will definitely be a recurring uh, you know, guest on the podcast. Um, but ho- hopefully, you know, th- this helped a lot of people. I mean, you know, I think pole vaulting can be such a big influence in people's lives, help them out so much, and... Um, you know, you don't have to be an Olympic athlete to keep pole vaulting. You don't have to be an Olympic athlete uh, to get value from this sport. You know, I think it's something that anyone can do and just, it's personal, you know. We, we have our PR. It's not, again, it's not like a team sport where, you know, you need teammates to achieve certain goals. You literally can go out there and find out how good you are on any given day. You know, and that's the beautiful thing about our sport. Um and, you know, Andrew, thanks for helping me explain this Anytime, to everybody. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'll definitely be back for part two. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything that I can close out with that I would like to share, um, sure. one would be to raise your standards. You know, in life, when things are a must, they get done. When things are wants or just shoulds, they don't yeah. tend to really happen. Yeah. Right? Dream big. It's okay to shoot for the stars and only make it to the moon. Right. I mean, I know that's a cliche, but, but like, but like you said, like, if it's just something like, ah, I'd really like it if, you know, I, I could get a little stronger. Yeah. Oh, you'd like it. Yeah. No, you need to get stronger. That's how, yeah, you need to have that kind of feeling. Well, that brings me to my last thing, which is take action, take massive action. If you really want this, apply yourself. Uh, I, you know, I've been talking about how pole vault was you know, that one thing in my life that really deserved all of my energy and my intention. And that's why I'm still here. It's not about the bars. It's so far from the bars. It's, it's what this is doing for me and how it's transforming my life. So I, I can't wait to be back for part two. Sounds good. Well, th- <laughs> thanks again, Andrew. Thank you.